Today on the show, we got a little bit of everything from a goalie goal to a big Bruins trade to a couple of other noteworthy trades. And holy smokes, Batman, we have breaking news on multiple fronts to report that never happens on the Lace Up podcast. But uh, I guess there's the first time for everything. Episode 354 of the podcast starts right now. It's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Steve Bellsworth. I'm Brett Dubuff. Uh, let's cut to the chase and get to the juicy breaking news. Uh, we don't know the details yet at the time of this recording, yep. but we do know that the New Jersey Devils are in on Timo Meyer and they have landed the big fish uh, out of the pond and uh, into the swamp. This the is reported by Pierre Lebrun. Um, yes. Well. So it's not like and picked we're... up by Elliot Friedman yeah. too. So yeah, it, yeah. it looks like it's happening. No contract extension uh, in yet. place as part of this. Yeah, but um, I did see that. Yeah, there's no contract extension just yet, but uh, it seems like they. Uh, yeah, they said the Devils became comfortable doing the trade without having him sign to an extension as part of it. So. Yeah, um, so that yeah. if they sign him to an extension, like they'll have the cap yeah. space to probably do it in the yeah. off season. The of other piece of big news that is breaking uh, is that uh, this and this is huge given the news out of Nashville. Apparently, the Predators might be open for business. Uh, but David Poyle won't be calling the shots in his current role for very long, and that's because um, we have this breaking story out of Nashville. After 26 years as the Predators architect for Elliot Friedman, uh, David Poyle, retiring from president of hockey operations and general manager, effective June 30th, expectation is he will remain in a consulting role. And on top of that, Dave, uh, Barry Trotz, I butchered that lead. Barry Trotz is believed to be his successor, starting work immediately, although officially not the GM until Poyle retires from that role on June 30th. So two big news items right off the bat. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. You know, it was funny how, so just a little bit behind the scenes here, I lace them up. Um, so usually what happens and for the most part, it did happen this year, this week too. But usually, what happens is like a a, a day before, um, or two days before um, we record. So usually on Friday, Steve will like email me the lineup of things that we should go about uh, to um, to talk about and like kind of like an outline of what what we're gonna be talking about um, on Sunday. And then on Saturday is when I like make it official official because like, you know, otherwise there could be other news stories or things like that um, on Saturday. And so the same thing happened. Steve sent his lineup and we had a lot of trades to cover. So it wasn't like we we had no clue what to do. But there have been reports that Patrick Kane was going to the Rangers. Chikrin has been out for a long time. So I was just thinking like, all right, Steve, I'm just going to give you this lineup, but I have a feeling that Patrick Kane's about to be traded. So I'm just going to hold off until that, that moment. 
and then um, and then I like figured like of course when we record Patrick Kane's gonna be I like I just knew that like a big news story was gonna happen that Patrick Kane was gonna get traded or Chickren was gonna get traded. I even mentioned it. Literally your email says in the final lineup, now yeah. watch Kane get traded right at five PM or right after we stop recording. <laughs> close, right before we hit yeah. record. But what was funny How is nice. that what was funny is just that, like, I was thinking, like, okay, if, like, now watch this happen, like, a big news story happen while we record, yep. and, like, yep. I was thinking, yep. like, okay, it's going to be Patrick Kane or Chikrin, because those have been the biggest two stories uh, the past couple weeks, and and then I was just like, oh, of course, like, what, like, the other big fish in the, in the market is, uh, <laughs> like, the other shoot gets dropped. Of course this was going to happen, so... Yeah, we're still like I'll 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 keep you updated, Steve, on on um when we know the the full return of it just yet. But um, it is we'll funny. give a bit of a backstory yeah. as to how things broke down in terms of the Timo Meyer sweepstakes just... because as we know, there are reports that the Leafs yeah. and the Blues might be interested, but the main partners yep. were supposed to be Carolina, Vegas, and New Jersey. Uh, last night, supposedly. The Carolina Hurricanes were told, you're out on Timo Meyer. Yep. So it was down to New Jersey and Vegas, and now it looks like uh, New Jersey yep. uh, beat Vegas in a bidding war. Who does that? Any yeah. team beating Vegas in a bidding war seems very well, uncommon. Well, Vegas did uh, but, get Barbashev yeah. today, which is we'll talk about as well, But uh, so maybe that, mm -hmm. was, that was the reasoning too. Also, like, maybe. the Sharks, knowing I, I do know a Sharks fan, uh, Victor, uh, Vegas <laughs> isn't necessarily... Um, a fan of San Jose, or San Jose isn't <laughs> Vegas and San Jose. I think the really hatred is genuine from both sides. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they don't really get along. So may maybe that had something. Even to more so it. now that the Sharks suck, they probably hate Vegas more. Yeah, possibly too. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no. This I mean, we had I mean when we were originally doing like a trade deadline speculation thing, like we knew that this was. Uh, like the Devils were the the big favorite just because of the the Swiss connection with Heischer and um, mm -hmm. and Jesper Bratt. Seeing Oliver is another Swiss guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, is Jesper Bratt Swiss? No, I don't think he is. Um, I I think Fabian Zetterlund might be oh, Swiss, Zetterlund's but I don't one, think yeah. Jesper Bratt is. Uh, I think Jesper Bratt's Swedish. Yeah, for some, okay, I thought there was like another yeah, Swiss. Yeah, Bratt is Swedish, yeah. I thought there was another Swiss guy on the Devils, but I guess not. But um, uh, Zetterlund is also Swedish, so okay. ignore that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, it's it'll probably come to us eventually, but yeah, for sure Siegenthaler and for sure Heischer. So yeah, yeah. He's got and two now, Swiss teammates. Uh, and now to get Meyer. And now Meyer. Um, and now Meyer. Yeah. I mean that. Oh, Akira Schmidt is also Swiss as well. Okay, so that's probably it. Yeah, yeah. Now, that being said, I heard him as part of, like, a potential package, um, yeah. you know, as, like, a guy the Sharks could use. So, he might not be on the doubles for long, for all we know. So, we'll wait yeah. and see what happens. Yeah, um, yeah and the, the, the Poyle and Barry Trotz news, I mean, it, it is a little interesting because it's like, you know, Poyle will step away on J July, June 30th. So, that's like, um, we'll see. Um, if that, like, you know, what, what really happens, nothing's, like, official just yet for Barry Trotz, um, it, it seems, but, um, yeah, I don't know, it's, like, it's, it is kind of interesting that, uh, Barry Trotz 
instead of being becoming a coach, he just becomes he's like more of like the front office guy. Maybe that makes some sense if he's if he wants to stay time uh, stay with his family. So it's like just involves less travel, um, and uh, maybe maybe that's a reason for that. But uh, a lot can happen within these like you know let's see here. There's like three months now, so it's not official just yet. But um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, and he's going to have a lot of work to do in Nashville yeah. as well. That's uh, quite for, the construction that uh, he'll have to renovate. Yeah, for sure. It reminds me of when Brad Stevens of Boston Celtics, he moved up um, from a coach to a GM. Yeah. And he's doing pretty well as a GM now. So he's doing very fun. well, yeah. yeah exactly. So, um, so, yeah, it is a little interesting from that standpoint. I'm also told from Jeff Merrick that Give it with the David Poyle news breaking. Many are wondering about Nashville's coaches, John Hines. I'm told there is no change to his status as head coach of the team just yet. So I assume... I would imagine that's probably an off-season conversation. Yeah, 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 I was about to say. I, I'm pretty sure he'll probably be traded. He'll probably be traded. He'll probably uh, be fired um, in, in the off-season. But, um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, very interesting news. Um, and of course, of course, it happens just as we record. Um, yeah. And then, um, and yeah, I'll I'll keep I'll keep the you uh, interested, um, or I'll let you know, Steve, whenever that happens of like the Meyer return and all that stuff. But in the meantime, yeah, I got both I got both LeBron and LeBron uh, Friedman's uh, okay. Twitter feed open on my browser, so yeah, yeah. I'll keep refreshing uh, from here and there. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do the same. I have, like, the... Yeah. I have uh, our hockey, the red, the red the hockey subreddit uh, that they usually report stuff first. So, we'll see. Um, the... Uh, so, yeah, anyways, on that note, uh, we do have some stuff to get into. Uh, first off, there was a goalie goal, um, which is very rare that it happens. I guess the last time, apparently, this has happened was in 2019-2020, um, and um, it was also um, against the Canucks or something like that? If I no, recall. it was uh, Pecorine oh, against Pecorine. the Blackhawks. Yeah, there's also 14 goalies that have ever done this, um, and that's that's crazy too. Um, and yeah, first, that, first time a Bruins goalie has done it. Uh, first time a Bruins has done it, first time a Swede has done it too. Um, so, so that's yeah. that's also um, interesting as well. Yeah, it's, he also it's, got his thirtieth win yeah. of the season that night, and he's only played thirty-seven games. So that's pretty good. Yeah, I would say that's pretty good. I, I'm, yeah. you, you don't know uh, for sure. You might but. miss out on the best though. I don't <laughs> know. He's not that. Great. Well, I mean, I you could make it. Like, I was wondering if there was going to like he is. Um, well, there's two things on that. I, I don't want to get so. Um, grossness because we have a lot of stuff to cover but it is interesting because like yes Linus Allmark leads um, leads goaltenders and wins save percentages and goals against average and it's not even close for the second uh, highest I guess for for wins Vasilevsky is pretty close but I think that's the goalie triple crown eh yeah yeah he he has that unlock but the thing is is that because he splits I I do wonder if that will like have the effect because he does split time with um, Swayman, um, so that like it's like he only plays like forty 
he's probably going to play 42 games. Um, also, I, I think Montgomery had mentioned that uh, he's going to give Olmark some rest and a lot of his like top players yeah. some rest because you know the Bruins are basically into the playoffs at this moment, so he just wants to like get them all prepared for the playoffs, which makes a lot of sense. They're 45, 8, and 5. Like, yeah. they're in. They're and in then playoffs. the other, so so it's like, you know, it would be cool to see David uh, Pasternak try to get the Rocket Richard or to see Olmark get the, the Vezina, but you know what I care more about? The Stanley Cup. So, um, yeah. So if, if this, like, yeah, it will suck that, um, I mean, I think people recognize that Olmark is awesome this year and Pasternak is awesome this year. So it's like... I was kidding about that Vezina yeah, trip. Yeah, exactly. He's in a good position. But, like, if, if, the, if the Bruins don't win this Stanley Cup this year, it's like... I'm gonna be yeah. That's that's a bummer. I'm gonna be severely disappointed. So, um, yeah. so so uh, personally, I I think that that makes the most sense. But whatever. Um, and also, it's like who's gonna catch Connor McDavid? It's like <laughs> like 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 even <laughs> yeah, if the Bruins that's... sucked and and Pasternak was doing this well, it's like like it's just like a like McDavid's on another level from everyone. So it's like it's not even worth it. Um, also, also fitting that the goalie goal happens against Vancouver, yeah, yeah. where just basically everything going right for Boston and everything going right yep. for Lena Solmark, and then the Canucks just get trapped on everywhere they <laughs> everywhere they go, basically. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's. I mean, of course, because the Bruins won in uh, twenty eleven. I I don't necessarily care, but I actually don't mind the Canucks that much. Um, what is funny though is I, I don't think I told you this, Steve, but I was planning on going to this game because I know a few people in Vancouver. Um, oh, wow. And um, and then I couldn't do it just for work-related reasons. Um, and I was just like, you know what, I'll I'll just go. Because, um, like, and I already went to the, see the Bruins this year on a road trip in California. Yeah. So I was just like, you know what, like, I do want to see Canada, but it's it's like... This this time of the year is probably not the best time to see Canada yeah. either. So I was just oh, like, true. especially Vancouver when it's also like pretty cold up there. So, um, so I was just like, you know what? I'll I'll go to I'll go another time. And then when I see, saw that Olmark scored this goalie goal, I added like I had to apologize to all the people that I was planning on seeing <laughs> this game with because I was just like, I'm sorry I robbed you guys of this experience. Um, I feel bad too. It's the biggest regret I'll, I'll probably ever have. Uh, but um, but yeah, no, it was um, it was it was uh, it was definitely exciting. The other thought I had was the fact that. Um, I mean, we've talked about this before, is that the Sabres, uh, they, um, their biggest weak spot right now is their goaltending. Um, and, and although they, they do currently hold a playoff spot right now, um, the second wildcard spot, uh, they could have had Linus Olmark. Um, if they yeah, had, they, they let know. him walk for nothing, by yeah. the way, as well. Yeah, that's true, they too. They didn't even trade him away. Boston yeah. just signed him in the offseason. And he was like, he was pretty good at, for Buffalo as well, so it's just like... Yeah, for a team that had no yeah. defense, he was terrific, yeah. And it's just like, of course he goes to a division rival, like, uh, it's, just, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just funny. Um, so it's just like, you know, that that was the other thought, too, of just like, oh, right, Olmark is doing really well, you know who needs a goaltender right now? 
and is uh, is fighting for their playoff lives, the uh, Buffalo Sabers, and <laughs> and now now look what's what's going on. So. So, Big yeah. uh, seven four win for the Sabers over the Cavs yeah. today as well. By the way, four goals in the second period and yeah. an hat trick from Dylan Cousins. Yeah, um, yeah, he was. That was very. I watched part of that game too. Um, also, on a separate note, um, I know that we have a lot to get into, but um, I know that Patrick Kane only wants to go to New York. Uh, that's been the the speculation, and they're just waiting till Wednesday um, or Thursday because, like they want to prorate his contract even more. So like the more yeah. they, they wait, the longer it's going to happen. It's just figuring out the cap yeah. stuff and how all the financial jargon is going to work out. But like both teams agree that yeah. this is going to happen. Yeah. And with Kane's no move clause, like the, the Blackhawks have no choice. They right. have to so, work with the rain. So yeah. whatever, like, and we'll talk about this next week when it's official, but, um, but like we already know that what's what's going to happen is like you know the return that they're going to get um, is going to be less than what we're probably going to be expecting of it, and it's purely because the Rangers are the only place that Patrick Kane wants to go to. So like they, the 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 Blackhawks don't have a ton of leverage, um, but because the Sabers are in the playoff spot, I like. Patrick Kane is a famously, um, famously a Buffalo, like that was his childhood team. He grew up in Buffalo. I, I, I know it's like there is a deal in place. I, I don't know if it's necessarily that, like, I could see Buffalo, like, swooping in. Um, I know that would be really, really crazy because it feels like Patrick Kane's going to be on the Rangers any second now. Um, like what I just mentioned, but it would be pretty nuts if, like, if this is what happens, where the Sabres actually uh, take over and get Patrick Kane, um, because, like, Patrick Kane's like, you know what, I actually want to go to Buffalo. Uh, they're, they're in a playoff spot. Um, My so. counter to that argument would be, while I do see that making some, what, uh, some, degree of sense especially with how buffalo's offense is yep. rolling right now and the sabers um, have more to offer too so yeah exactly and they have and they space, so space he, as well if he wanted yep. to get you know a couple extra million he could get it yep. in buffalo yeah yeah exactly New York. the the thing is i mean how many chances are you gonna get to play on a rangers team this talented and especially with yep. your prime careers dwindling away uh, if this is your last real chance to win another Stanley Cup, I think if you're Patrick Kane, you go for the experience of playing on Broadway, even if it's just for half a season. Mm. And then if if it if it doesn't lead to a Stanley Cup, then maybe you sign with Buffalo, your hometown team, in in, in the off season. But so, here's the I thing: I don't see it as a trade, but in the off season, I could see it. I know the Rangers have Panarin, they have Tarasenko now, they have Chris Kreider, they have a lot of good players, um, Shushurkin, yeah. uh, Adam Fox, all these guys I could go on and on. Um, but Buffalo, they have Tage Thompson, they have Dylan Cousins now, who just had a hat trick, as you mentioned. They have uh, yeah. Owen Power, Rasmus Dahlin. Uh, they're a good team, too. They can uh, they can mesh well with the, the Rangers. And now that the fact that, like, I remember we mentioned this a couple weeks ago um, originally, but now that, like, you were saying, like, oh, he's probably going to sign with the Sabres if, he's, if he really wants to. 
in the offseason. But now that the Sabres are in a playoff spot, it's like, okay, they they could use a Patrick Kane. Like, I, I don't know. Like, if, if Patrick Kane goes to the Sabres, like, I think it could make a lot of sense. But, of course, it's like, you know, Patrick Kane will have to – it's up to Patrick Kane to do it. And, obviously, I'm not Patrick Kane. So, um, so yeah, we'll see. But I, I could see there being some type of, like – uh, some type of like snafu or something that happens um, from today on Sunday to Wednesday or Thursday whenever this trade uh, actually happens. Yeah, and it definitely wouldn't require uh, the Sabres to really yep. move anything in terms of cap space like yep. the Rangers are doing because they already have the cap space yep. there. Fair. In fact, they could probably take on the entirety of his cap if they really wanted to. Yep. Um, and also the prospect pool uh, for Buffalo, like there are some good assets that uh, Chicago could get for this guy. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Broadway appeal reuniting with Panarin I think that's too much of a pull for Patrick Kane to reject. So I think he'll he'll be bound for Broadway, and then in the offseason, I can see Buffalo as a possibility. Also, uh, if Buffalo makes the playoffs, they're going to be probably a wildcard team, so you're, what, going to get the Bruins in the first round? True. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'd rather I... take my chances against the Bruins with the Rangers than with the Sabres. No disrespect to Buffalo. They're on their way, but, I mean, they're not the Rangers. Yeah, I, I guess... I guess that's fair it's just i don't know if that's gonna happen um yeah the, yeah, the homecoming will happen at some point i'm i'm confident in saying that yeah yeah um yeah i, I guess i yeah no you might be right i'm, I'm probably just <laughs> i don't know i i'm not letting this anyway, speaking of potential trades didn't your bruins make a big one yes yes no we'll get to, we'll get into that but it's just um like, I, I'm just not, and, you know, honestly, I would rather, like, you know, it's weird, like, I don't want Patrick Kane in the Eastern Conference, like, if he goes on the Rangers, I would be scared, like, I'm officially scared of the Rangers as a Bruins fan. Um, oh, Timo Myers in the Eastern Conference now, yeah, so they have yeah. to deal with it. No, no, that's that's fair, but they don't scare me as much as if the Rangers get, end up yeah. getting Patrick Kane. But, like, I really shouldn't yeah. want Patrick Kane on Buffalo, but I'm not letting that dream die until it's official. Um, so, so yeah, we'll see. Um, the, uh, but anyways, um, oh, well also, I guess, I mean, now we get into Barzal is out indefinitely. Um, it seems, um, it seems that, I think this happened a couple weeks ago. I don't, I don't know if we, we definitely did I think it was before. earlier this week it was Which announced was, he was out indefinitely, yeah. but I don't know when the injury itself took place. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's, it's kind of good, a good thing that Lou Lamarillo decided to make that Bo Horvat trade and that first that they gave up um, a, like a lottery protected one because it looks like they're on their way out because otherwise it's like okay like the big reason why you go out and get Bo Horvat is because you have um, Matt Barzal you need someone to be a support guy so now that Barzal's out indefinitely it's like um, it's like, I guess, like, we don't know exactly when the timetable he's going to be coming back. But, um, you know, even if he's gone for a week, like, these these, uh, these couple of games or next couple of games are very important. So it's like, okay, you're, you're still your best players is out indefinitely. Um, it's not good for their playoff chances, so, so we'll, we'll see. Um, 
On the bright side, Bo Horvat has been looking good in yep. his elevated role. He went coast to coast for a shorthanded goal uh, today now. against the Jets. Yeah. So, um, yep. you know, if, if this is a good time to measure what your new guy is worth, well, he yep. has a start. No, that's a fair point. Um, but um, and yeah, they're currently beating Winnipeg three to nothing. So we'll see. I mean, they're they're still in the yeah, playoffs. Winnipeg is sliding quick. Yeah, yeah. They're not looking too good. No, they're not. But they don't. Ha- they don't even have Hellebuck today. I I saw. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that they had um they had one shot on goal in the first period, uh, which is nuts. Yeah, and they I think what like yeah. four goals on Colorado's first five shots a couple nights ago as yeah, well. Yeah. Not not ideal. Um, also, if we're talking about players that are out indefinitely, uh, Jonathan Taze, I think you mentioned this last week too, but Jonathan Taze yeah. has been, um, uh, he has some COVID related, um, he's, he's experiencing long COVID, uh, stuff. He also had like an autoimmune dis- uh, disease that left him out a couple of yeah. seasons ago. A so. combination of long COVID, yeah. uh, stuff that's been lingering yeah. along with so, the autoimmune stuff that you mentioned there too and yeah yeah he's had to take a step back uh, for yeah um so yeah you had to take a step back um and um so if this is truly it for jonathan taze because it's it's very possible this is the last time we've seen we see jonathan taze unfortunately um he's uh he's uh, like a first ballot hall of famer uh like, I know that he trailed off towards the end. There's that whole, like, Kyle Beach situation that he could have handled better. But uh, three cups, uh, being the captain for three cup-winning teams, um, that's something that you can never take away. Um, and he was, like... <laughs> also being a leader for Team yeah. Canada for as long as exactly. he's been, too. And, and when you're, like... There were moments um, when uh, there was a discussion that he, like, you would rather have Taze on your team than Sidney Crosby, which, of course, you would rather have Crosby on your team, even even in Jonathan Taze's prime. But the fact that there was a, even a discussion about that uh, just speaks to how, how good he is and how well sought after he was just from, like, a leadership standpoint. So um, hopefully we'll see. I, I'd like to think that we'll see him again, but... Um, it's like just this news looks like it's it's probably it for him, um, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, we'll see. It's like it's also like interesting too because Marion Hosa had to st- uh, retire because of like a uniform issue with his like and a skin condition. Yeah, skin uh, condition I, I on his like jersey or something. Or yeah, fueled that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just it's just weird. Not weird. I don't know what the the phrase is, but like, um, it's just kind of interesting that like it's like these two situations have happened in Chicago but um but yeah so it's like it's just unfortunate um and then lastly Spencer Knight um has been put into the NHL assistive program um it's uh it's unclear what exactly he does uh what exactly he's been experiencing just yet but um it's believed that it's not drug or alcohol related um it's it's no use to really speculate um so uh but hopefully that he comes back from this and um gets you know it's just you know figures this out he was like phenomenal in boston college he hasn't had the best start in florida um in his career so um just you just hope that he's he's uh he's good even like you know just you know talking about like 
like even if he's if he never plays hockey again, you just hope that he's he's uh, good mental health wise. So this is something that um, you know it's just like at least he's willing to get help, and uh, that's just something that that that's the good part about this story. Uh, but um, but yeah, just hopefully that he he figures it out and um, he can come back into the NHL and be what we um, have expected him uh, of him. Um, I imagine maybe it's something to like related like or similar to Carey Price, but again, I don't really want to like speculate. So I think I think I read on Twitter from one of the insiders that uh, a, si- a scheduled assignment to the AHL was canceled uh, uh, before all of this. So um, it, maybe a demotion was in place, and uh, I don't know. Maybe it didn't. Yeah, I've. I don't really know what it was, but good to know that it's not drug or alcohol related at, at least. And and whatever it is, you know, he's he's taking the time away to, to take care of yep. himself, and that's what's important. While it's away, while you're paying a guy $10 million to stop pucks, so hopefully Sergei Bobrovsky can do that, because uh, for better or worse, they're going to need him. Yeah. Um, okay, so now we get into the trade portion, just a little bit of these updates that I've seen. Uh, Dawson Mercer is reportedly not involved in this trade. Um, I was about to say, it's like, wait, yeah. where are we going with this? <laughs> yeah. Um, so so there's reports that he's not being re- uh, involved. There's another Shark player that's going to New Jersey. That's the other thing I've yeah. seen. Um, although this is from David Pagnata, um, who, um, who I don't uh, know... I don't know if you can really trust him. Uh, it seems like he's always wrong with these things. It's just been my experience, so we'll see. Um, and also, um, the Sharks are retaining 50% of Meyer contract. But that's that's all I know so far, is that there's another player involved, maybe, and 50% of Meyer is, uh, is going to be retained. And also, Dawson Mercer is not. Um, this That is according to EG, EJ Heratic. Um, now here's another interesting one, totally unrelated, but uh, from Molly Walker, the New York Rangers, Ryan Carpenter and Braden Schneider not expected to take a shift tonight per source. Oh, so read into that what you will, but uh, it says the the, uh, the tweet continues in the subtweet. This indicates both players are expected to go down to clear space between games, which uh, should allow the Rangers to fit Kane in at twenty five percent of his cap. Okay, uh, so again. The cap if angling jargon, this is part of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, So I don't think they're a part of the return package to Chicago. It's just the yeah. Rangers trying to be cap compliant and making sure that things yeah. go off without a hitch. So that, that it's, again, part of the plan to fill in this massive cap hit. And yeah, yeah. make it all legit and nice and stuff. So yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so in case you're wondering what that tweet was about, there you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, good, to, good to know. I wasn't even going to mention that, but all right. Um, and then, um, yeah. So, so that's all we know. I'm still like refreshing, um, and we'll see. Yeah, I don't see anything on cap friendly. Yeah. Nothing new from LeBron. Nothing new from Friedman either. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, and then um, okay. So now we get to go to the fun parts where we talk about trades all the time. Yes. Uh, so, so the big one uh, this week was um, the Bruins get Garnett Hathaway um, and um, and Dmitry Orlov, 
Um, as yeah. well as, I guess they also get Andre, Andre uh, Spletlikov. Um, yeah. And then, wait, no, that can't be... Okay, this is... Yep, that, that is correct. Okay, that, that is correct. Because um, I thought Washington got Andre Sletnikov, but I guess... Yeah, he found his way into the Bruins somehow. Okay. There was a tweet uh, sent by Cap Friendly got the it. day of the trade that clarified that. He is Bruins' property. Okay, but it's weird because Cap Friendly also says that Washington Capital is qualified. I know, it, it's, it's trippy, yeah. <laughs> Very um, trippy. Minnesota gets... Uh, uh, Oh, yeah. So Washington gets uh, Craig Smith in 2023 first-round pick, a 2024 third-round pick, and a 2025 second-round pick. Um, all of these are from Boston. And then Minnesota, Billy Guerin, a former Boston Bruin, uh, he also gets involved similarly to, to what he got uh, for the uh, the Ryan O'Reilly trade. Uh, he uh, retains 50, or the Minnesota retains 50% off of D- Dmitry Orloff. Uh, they also get a 2023 fifth round pick from Boston. Um, I guess the reason why it's so confusing is that um, Orloff, or so I guess what happened was the Capitals traded Orloff to Minnesota, and then yep. Minnesota traded Orloff to the Bruins. Um, yep. and uh, he got 50% off. And then Minnesota yep. uh, traded Spletlikoff to Washington, and then <laughs> Washington traded Spletlikoff to Boston. Um, and then uh, Minnesota also gets a 2023 fifth-round pick from Boston, and the reason why it's so confusing is because in order to, to make it a three-way trade, all three teams need to have something from someone else. Uh, so it's just like a weird workaround, I guess. Um, so, um, so yeah, that, that, that is very, it's kind of confusing, but anyways. Um, yeah, uh, it, it should also be noted, uh, it's same with Ryan O'Reilly. So Washington yeah. retains 50%, uh, Minnesota retains 25 and then the final 25 goes to Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, it's, it's, uh, when I first heard this news, I was just thinking how, like, I do like Dmitry Orloff. I do like Garnet Hathaway. This is, by the way, the fan speaking. It's not a, 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 a objective view of this trade. Um, I was just thinking like, okay, Orloff, like, I can see why Ryan O'Reilly is worth a first. I can see why Bo Horvat is worth a first. I do like, and I do like Orloff. I do like Garnet Hathaway. It's just that you think of them as like your depth guys, and um, you're just think. I'm just thinking like, oh, like this might not be worth a first, and you know, like you're you're still not sure because Garnet Hathaway, although he can hit, he's like a very much like a Brad Marchand, Tom Wilson type player. He can. You know, he just gets in with it with every single person. Um, he's he's that type of player, um, and so it's like okay, he's like that's like a like and he does have some scoring flush for a bottom six guy, but it's not so much that I'm like okay, like I can I can see this. He's also from Maine. Um, he's a New England boy, so it's just like okay, I get that. Dmitry Orlov, um, he's pretty underrated. In his own right, um, he doesn't score a ton either, but he's good defensively. 
Um, he's a, like he's he was a big part of that um, 2018 team that won the Stanley Cup. Um, and uh, yeah, he's he's a pretty good player um, in his own right. I was just thinking like even if like even if you compare Orloff and Hathaway together and package them, I'm still not sure if they're worth a first round pick. Um, and yes, I know the Bruins are doing so well, but like I still like have flashbacks to the Tampa Bay Lightning um, in their historic season a couple of seasons ago, and they get swept but in the first round. So I'm like, that that first round pick could be like a 22nd pick. You know, um, it, it's very possible uh, just because of this. However, it's like Dmitry Orlov is a very good player, um, and Garnet Hathaway is is also a very good player. Um, I just don't know if they're worth a first and a, a few more picks. Um, having said that, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm still like skeptical. I'm still like, you know, Don Sweeney, I was skeptical of the Hampus Lindholm trade uh, last year. Uh, I've been skeptical of a lot of Don Sweeney moves the last two years. But at the same time, I literally, like, Sweeney has proven me wrong so many times where I'm just like, all right, I guess Sweeney knows what he's doing. Um, and, Except for those three picks in 2015, yeah. I agree. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, exactly. And that was, uh, what, like, that was uh, seven years ago. Uh, not to mention Jake DeBrusque yeah. is pretty good now. And yeah. and yeah. they ended up, getting, like, I know, it, <laughs> like, they ended up getting Pavel Zaka, um, who was a part of that 2015 true class, true. but, uh, I mean, you don't really get credit for that, but it's just like, all right. Um, and also not to mention the fact that like Matthew Barzal, Kyle Connor, um, Thomas Shabbat, Brock Besser, they haven't made it to the Stanley Cup finals. Um, but the Bruins have in 2019. So, um, also the fact that like Charlie McAvoy was a steal, Pasternak was a steal, in the other two drafts. But anyways, uh, I like literally every other move that Sweeney has made, it's like, okay, so maybe he does know what he's doing. Um, other And, and Jake DeBrusque is pretty good. Um, so it's like, you can't even really say it was like a complete failure, although it kind of was. Anyways, speaking of which, it's just like, Okay, so so maybe maybe I'm just wrong, and and like I, I mentioned before, it's like there aren't really any glaring weaknesses to the Bruins as well. So it's just like you know that is kind of what you need is just like you know some depth pieces. It's also just like crazy that Hathaway and Trent Frederick are going to be on the same t like line, and they they're very similar players. So um, so that that part's exciting. Dmitry Orlov, by the way, um, he's the first Russian uh, since Alexander Koklachev, um, which the Bruins had um, in like the 2017 season. Um, so it's been a while since Hilarious. since Orlov since the Bruins have had a Russian, which is funny too because like when I started following the team, their best player was Sergei Samsonov, who's uh, who's a, a yeah. Russian. So um, it's just funny how like they just happen to not draft a lot of Russians and all that stuff. Also, Anton Kadobin um, was also a part of that team, but he's he played for Kazakhstan. Um, so technically, yeah, or like he was born in uh, another country, I think. 
um, even though I guess he plays for the Russian national team. Or there's so, like some affiliation with it, but he's not considered Russian for some reason. So anyway, I think it's the same with Nabokov because yeah. I don't think he's from Russia. I think he was from Kazakhstan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when you when you talk about this trade, I'll I'll look this up. But um, but yeah, no, I I mean I I do like this trade, and it's it's hard to like I feel like I'm just saying like I never thought I would say this, but in Sweeney we trust. Um, so uh, so yeah, <laughs> there we go. Uh, what what do you think about this trade? Yeah, confirm Nabokov is from Kazakhstan. That yeah, was yeah. his birthplace, but yeah. Uh, so here's my analysis on Dmitry Orlov. Um, he is not necessarily tall, but he plays big. He's 5'11", but weighs 214. So when he hits, he hits hard. A former second-round pick. He's won a Stanley Cup. He's also got some underrated offensive skill. Uh, last year, he had 12 goals on the year in 76 games. Uh, in 2017-18, he also had 10 goals. Uh, in one, two, three seasons, he's gotten 30-plus points. And uh, the past couple of years, if he played 82 games uh, in each of them, he would have been a 30-plus point machine as well, including 38 in 82 last year. Um, but he only played 76 games, so he only finished with 35 points. That's still pretty good. Um, there's also, if you're looking for consistent play and a guy that can rack up a lot of games, there is a span of four seasons in a row where he didn't miss a single game. He played all 82 games. So you want a reliable defensive presence. Orlov is a good bet. 19 points in 44 games this year. That's a 35-point pace. Pretty good. Uh, he can also hit, as I mentioned. Uh, he has registered triple digits and hits six times in his career. This year, he'll probably be seven because he has 90 so far. Um, he can also block a fair amount of shots, too, and he can average 20 to 22 minutes a night. Also, Brett, isn't one of the Achilles heels of the Bruins was that missing left-handed shot on the blue line? Yeah, yeah. Or is it true. the right side? Well, guess um, what side like, Orlov shoots from? Left. Yep. Well, I'm looking so, at his page, but yes. You're, you're yeah, so so you get your left-handed shot there. So yeah. even if it's for a rental, I think it's worth the investment because yeah. if I'm looking at the lens of a Boston Bruins fan, I know my team doesn't have the cap space to go mm. all in on Fords as teams like the Rangers yeah. are doing, as teams like the Devils are about to do. We would assume the Hurricanes are going to be in on that as well. Even the Islanders got Bo Horvat. You never know what Pittsburgh could do as well. Um, and then, of course, there's Tampa and Toronto in the mix. They're wild cards at the deadline. And, you know, Detroit and Buffalo, who, who knows what's in the cards for yeah. them too. So if you're not going to get better offensively, at least you can try to yep. get better at defending against teams. Yep. And... Dmitry Orlov, in my opinion, fits that bill. Garnet Hathaway is just a pain in the ass. And you put him in the bottom six with Trent Frederick, it's going to be a bad time to go up against the Boston Bruins yep. with with that, uh, three, yep. with that three-headed monster, that pain in the ass monster there, with Orlov leading the charge, and then you have Hathaway and Frederick just allowing the guys behind him, the guys with the skill, uh, to really go to work. Yep. Because you get under those, uh, you get under the top star skin. You limit what they can do, 
Maybe you get them to get a little bit too undisciplined. They take a penalty, and then the big boys go to work on the power play, and Boston's power play is very underrated, can do a lot of damage, especially with Pasternak having Mm -hmm. the season of his career so far, Brad Marchand, Charlie McAvoy having great seasons, Uh, Bergeron and Krejci also bringing it. You mentioned Jake DeBrusque having a good season. You also look at guys like Pavel Zaka and Taylor Hall. They've also been pretty productive at points as well. And, you know, you you lose a guy like Craig Smith, but I think you put in a guy like Trent Frederick in, in a bigger position, I think he could uh, make up for that yeah. offensive output that you're losing in Craig Smith. And I know people are going to say, well, they trade a first-round pick for probably a rental Dmitry Orlov because you probably don't have the cap space to keep him because of all the other things you have to do next offseason. That I say, well, you're getting him for yep. the supposed last dance. Yep. Where defense if for, uh, should be the name of the game uh, for the Boston Bruins at this point, because uh, in terms of offense, what you have is what you get essentially. Yep. And the thing that I would argue is rather give up a 2023 first than a 2024 first, because I don't know how good the Boston Bruins are going to be in 2024. Sorry to burst your bubble, Brad, but that pick is a bit riskier if it's next year. Because if the bottom does fall out, that could be higher than the than the low to mid twenties. Yep. It could be a top fifteen pick, or mm. heaven forbid, it could be a top ten pick. Who really knows? Yeah. So I'm fine with giving up a first round pick now because for the present it makes the Bruins better. And honestly, while this draft is deep, um, you, you look at the first-round picks that Tampa Bay is going to give up to Chicago for Brandon Hagel. In my opinion, it's so worth it when you consider the present-day Brandon Hagel that Tampa Bay gets, the present-day Orlov that Boston is about to get. Um, I, I think it's worth it in the end. It's, it's definitely a situation where um, you are giving up a fair amount of your future, future assets that you will probably need moving forward. At the same time, though, I'm all for the Bruins making this type of move as opposed to, you know, trading like, I don't know what the asset price was for Gabrikov, a first and a third for him. And Dmitry Orlov, the reason I didn't really consider him a fit for most teams is because I thought he was going to stay in Washington. Yep. Yep. Like, he's probably the obvious defenseman that Washington keeps around and signs to an extension. So the fact that uh, he got moved um, is, is the most shocking part of this. Yeah, to me. Fair. So yeah, overall, I'd say it's a good trade for Boston. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that in a second. Um, I just wanted to talk about some of the stuff that you mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. That uh, so that it's been reported that this is going to be a rental for Orlov. Um, yeah, they've already mentioned that. So so there's there's that. Um, I also found out that Kudobin. Uh, I know this was a minor detail from the last thing I said, but I. Uh, even though Kudobin was born in Kazakhstan, but he did he has played internationally for Russia. Uh, so yeah, so I that's remember why him that, playing for Russia in the World Juniors yeah. at one point. But that's why it it was confusing. Uh, there was that, yeah. um, and yes, I you, you didn't burst my bubble. I was already aware that the Bruins are. Uh, this is the last dance for uh, this is cup or bust. As I've already mentioned, the fact that Bergeron and Krejci are going to retire next year. Um, that's going to uh, 
you know, like this is or that's your gut feeling at yeah, least. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also like the fact that like because the season has gone so well for the Bruins this year, it's like yeah. there's no glaring weakness on this team. Um, and I was saying this like you know this entire time where, where as, as soon as the Bruins were like a super team, it's like teams are like the reason why the Maple Leafs went out and got Ryan O'Reilly. The reason why. Um, like was because they wanted to compete with the Bruins. The reason why the Rangers are going out and getting Patrick Kane is they're competing with the Bruins. The um, the re- or Tarasenko as well. Uh, the reason why I guess you can make the same case. The reason why the Islanders went out and got Bo Horvat, they want to compete with the Bruins. All these teams, all these trades that we're seeing, Meyer with the Devils, they're all competing with the Bruins. Which means that the Bruins don't technically have to do anything. Like <laughs> and. And, like, they don't Directly, have, yeah. you know, they're good on offense. They have a Vezina, uh caliber goalie in line as Olmark and Swayman. And even if Olmark is injured, gets injured in the playoffs, Swayman's pretty good, too. Um, and then, you know, you got Charlie McAvoy, um, who's good on defense, Grizzly, Carlo, um, Hampus Lindholm uh, has taken it to another level. Of course, I didn't even mention, like, our top six, and when you have Taylor Hall on the third line, it's like, like, do you really have death issues? I don't think you do. Uh, so it's like, in in all, like, that's kind of where I'm thinking of it, is like, they didn't really have to spend a first. Like, Garnett Hathaway and Orloff aren't really worth a first, because considering the fact that Har- Hathaway's probably going to be on the fourth line during this, this time. And Orloff's going to be on the third pair uh, during this time. But the fact that you can even have Orloff on your third pair, it's just like, okay, that's going to be nice. Not to mention the fact that, like, Harlow has missed the playoffs the last two seasons um, due to injury. Um, so uh, so that – and that was a big <laughs> a big issue. So it's like if you can replace Orloff and Carlo together or make them interchangeable – it's like, all right, that, that's not bad. So from, from that standpoint, it's like, okay, I can understand why they do the trade. They're not going to be good next year in all likelihood. But, like, okay, this is, you know, if we if we do this, this is just out of depth. If we make a move, that's, that's really what it is. Um, so I totally get it. Um, it's just more of, like, like, on the face of it, like objectively speaking, Orlov and Hathaway are not worth a first. So it's just, it's just like that. That's where I'm like, it's just like in terms of value, it's not really worth it. But, um, but on the other hand, it's like okay, out of depth, that's pretty much the only thing that the Bruins really need right now, um, and and that's good. Um, you mentioned Washington and Columbus with Gavrikov. Um, I'll get into Columbus in a second because that's a larger discussion. But Washington, uh, there was rep- like I was surprised too that Orlov was um, was available. Um, I guess what ended up happening was because o- Ovechkin uh, took some time off um, a couple weeks ago because his uh, father passed away, um, mm-hmm. sadly, and during that time the Capitals stunk. <laughs> um, and I, I think there was a, a Friedman mentioned like the following like week 
that uh, Orloff, like they started to, re- like the Capitals started to realize, like, oh, we're not making the playoffs because if we're relying on this 37-year-old Alex Ovechkin uh, to make us pl- to make plays, we're, we're we're out of it. So they they traded, um, and so they they started dangling Orloff. Um, then the reason why I bring up Columbus was that there was reports that Gavrikov. Um, was going to go to the Bruins for a first and a third, um, which was bad news for me. Um, and then there was reports that the, in order for the, the Bruins to do this, they needed to trade off Craig Smith. Um, and they, reportedly they were going to trade him to Carolina. But what ended up happening, uh, I think I mentioned this to you on the email, but like this was reported by Friedman. Um, and then um, I guess what ended up happening is like these two situations kind of converge where like Boston's like, hey, we need to trade uh, Craig Smith in order to make room for this Gavrikov guy. Uh, do you want Craig Smith? And then Washington's like, sure, uh, we're, we're out of it anyways. Um, and then they're like, oh, let's, uh, I'll, I'll trade you Orlov because he's better than, <laughs> than Columbus. And then, or uh, better than Gavrikov, because like that th- that story had been out for a week, so at the very least, Washington was aware of what the trade entailed. Um, and now, uh, Columbus feels like they were uh, that the Boston did them dirty, which was uh, because I guess there was like supposedly um, Jarno believes that there was like verbal. Uh, agreement that uh, that this Gavrikov trade was going to happen, but um, but like Sweeney was saying, like, well, actually, we just like you know, uh, you guys didn't weren't willing to take on Craig Smith, <laughs> and so we had to find you told us to find another partner, and we ended up getting a better deal out of doing that. So like the only play like. Verbally agreed doesn't yep. mean it's yeah. in the trade call or exactly. it's official. And also it's just Different like story. it wasn't verbally agreed on when they said that like we needed to uh, get rid of Craig Smith's contract <laughs> in order yep. for it to work. So it's like the, so like I like obviously I'm not in the room where it happened. We don't know exactly what was said or and not said, but what what was then reported by Aaron Portsline was that the Blue Jackets were going to take the first that uh, Boston gave in the Gavrikov deal and go to Arizona to get uh, Jacob Chikrin. And which is really, really funny that now Columbus is angry because they were just they were just going to like take advantage of Boston being like, hey, you know, like we really don't want to lose Gavrikov, so we're going to give him a first, right? Like, we're asking for a first and a third round pick for him. And then we're going to send that pick over to Chikrin, who's miles better than Gavrikov. And no one thinks that Gavrikov is worth a first round pick. The only team that thinks Gavrikov is worth a first round pick is Columbus. And Columbus... So they can trade him for Chikrin. And so, so, like, that part is more like... Okay, so really... I, the reason why I'm so passionate about this is not necessarily b- because, I mean, uh, Columbus is Columbus or whatever, but the fact that I had a, a, a league mate who's a, somehow a Columbus Blue Jackets fan, um, and he was, he was attacking me because he said that, like, 
Sweeney's the, the worst person ever because there was a verbal agreement where I, I just had to, like, defend my team here. It's just like, that's not what happened. Like, literally, Craig Smith, like, if, if Columbus had taken on Craig Smith, Gavrikov would be on the Bruins and Columbus would have had Jacob Churn. It's just like, I get it that it sucks. This happened to the Bruins a few years ago with um, Euro- Jerome Ginla, where we thought that he was going to be on the Bruins, but it turns out he yep. wasn't. Um, um, and then eventually it, it ended up working out where the Bruins did end up getting Jerome Ginla. But, like, like, these things happen. But, like, the only person who should blame himself is himself. Like, how is Kekalainen not blaming, like, blaming himself? Like, it's not, it's not Don Sweeney's fault for this trade not happening. Anyways, I, I'm getting too, too into it. I feel like it's not even worth discussing, but it's just crazy that, like, that, that, <laughs> that, like, Columbus is pissed at Boston because they wouldn't, they, they themselves were going to trade a first. Uh, they wanted that first, like, they wanted that yeah, first. Yeah, because there's no so way Columbus would yeah. trade their own first. For yeah, exactly. So it's just like valuable that picks. And it. also, like Gavrikov, like I was skeptical of this Orlov Hathaway trade. As I mentioned, I would be livid if Gavrikov was on the Bruins for a first and a third. I like that would be the worst trade ever. Gavrikov is not good. <laughs> I, I hate to break it to you. So now I'm well, just. Well, I think yeah. he's good, but not that good. No. So so here's the thing: is like I really now that this news story broke out, I really hope no team gets Gavrikov. Like I just hope that Columbus. Like I I like Columbus. I actually do like Columbus. I like Goudreau. I like Lyonnais. I like a lot of their prospects. The fact like I I just hope like this. This story is, is just annoying to me, where I'm just like, you guys were trying to take advantage of us, and we ended up getting a better deal. Like, how are they angry at us when they should be the ones that are, like, mad at themselves? Um, anyways, it's just um, it's just a ridiculous situation. Um, and well, prediction, yeah. I think the Oilers land Gavrikov, <laughs> just because I think that's a trade... I think the Oilers would make for yeah. shutdown D, just thinking he would solve yep. everything yep. when... Clearly, you look at the defense yeah. like, ah. Yeah, I mean, it's also it's also funny how, like, Gavrikov has been healthy scratch now. Chikrin has been healthy scratch uh, for tr- both for trade-related reasons, and they both haven't been traded yet. And so it's just, like, funny that, like, the Bruins are, like, <laughs> like inadvertently... Um, inadvertently have like ruined both those those teams even though they shouldn't be doing this in the first place so it's just like it would be so arizona if jacob chikrin somehow isn't traded by the deadline and it yeah. just goes into the offseason it's just like you held your guy up for trade related reasons for two weeks and yeah. still couldn't get a deal done yeah yeah so so i um i i just think it's um it's just uh it's just a crazy situation, but yeah, just, um, just bananas. Yeah. But yeah, uh, going back to Washington, why Washington does this? I guess it's just that they kind of realize that they're not going for it this year. Um, there's also a belief that, which is funnily enough, that Washington might use that their first, the Bruins first that they now have, and try to get Jacob Chikrin. <laughs> so 
Yeah, I mean, you could definitely see why Washington would do it because yeah. even even Orlov wasn't under yeah. contract for next year. The only defenseman under contract for them after this season is John Carlson, yeah. and he's on injured reserve. Yeah, and Washington. So uh, they need Chikrin yep. more than anyone else. Washington was actually my dark horse team that was going to get Chikrin. But this was before I like yeah. I thought that you know Washington was a contender at this point when I originally picked this. But um, but yeah, that was that was my thought too. But um, but that would be really funny if like oh like Washington sees like oh Columbus was going to get Boston's first and then tr- swap it to get ch- uh, Chikrin. Oh, we can do that. Although they don't have nearly as many prospects as Columbus does. But it would be funny if if that is what ends up happening. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, no, I, I guess it's, you know, so it, it was just interesting that I guess it's just like two situations happening at the same time where Boston just needed a team to get rid of Craig Smith's contract for, um, by the way, I, I, I did like Craig Smith. He did have good chemistry with Taylor Hall and David Krejci, um, when Taylor Hall first started on the Bruins, but, um, but yeah, I guess it's it's just one of those things where, um, yeah, he's just a very streaky player. He's a good bottom six guy, but um, but I I can like it seemed like he just wasn't a good fit for the team, um, and just was and, and to be honest, Trent Frederick was playing much better than Craig Smith, so I think that was yeah. that had a lot to do with it. So, um, but uh, but yeah, it was just an interesting thing. Uh, do you have anything more f- about this trade before we move on? No, I think we pretty much uh, covered everything that uh, we needed uh, to cover there. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, it's okay. It should. I will. I will mention one anecdote about Minnesota uh, because they were in on this yep. uh, taking salary. Apparently, you're only allowed three salary retentions, oh, and yeah, Minnesota's yeah. used two of theirs, so they only have one left. Yep. Um, largely to probably prevent teams from just being Doing the this. dirty money team to just like, hey, we'll, we'll take on all their bad contracts and get like yeah. $20 million in cap space, send all their day transactions our way. Well, that's what and the NHL's going to be like, ah, that looks bad for a game. We're not allowing that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's what Arizona did for a little bit, but. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, Arizona probably uh, uh, is the team that created that. Speaking of Arizona, yep. they took on Shea Weber's cap hit. Yep, so yep. That's true, too. Yeah. <laughs> They're at it again. They yeah, didn't yeah. retain it. They just took on all of it. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. But I guess Shea Weber is now no longer he, – he's kind of technically no, I, not retired. I think but Shea Weber is there. as good as done yeah, in yeah. terms of his playing career, and it's yeah. just his cap hit that's uh, – Ghost just walking yep. around, um, and the reason why that's important is because it gives Vegas the ability to do yep. whatever at the trade deadline. Uh, yep. Not obviously unlimited cap flexibility, but for this playoff run and for future off seasons, it helps them. Yep. Now that they'll have it, so. Um, also, the uh, Bruins. This wasn't the only Bruins move that was made this week um, in terms of trades. Uh, the Bruins get Shane Bowers. Um, from Colorado for Keith Kincaid. Uh, Both have been in the AHL, but Shane Bowers famously uh, was drafted by Ottawa. Then he was traded to Colorado in the Matt Duchesne trade. Uh, He also played for Boston University, so he does have a Boston University connection. I I don't mind this trade, um, particularly because 
Uh, the Bruins will be in need of centers in um, uh, even next year because it's it's pretty much assumed that Bergeron and Krejci are both going to retire, um, even if they don't win the Cup this year. So, um, so they they're they're adding on some center depth, and um, who knows? Shane Bowers could be could be decent, um, and he has a Boston connection already. So, we'll see. Yeah, it could be one of the most underrated one-for-one trades that team's yep. ever made. It, hockey is weird. You'd be surprised yeah. how these uh, these trades kind of work out. Yeah, speaking of one-for-one, it's basically, uh, this is, I guess this is, well, actually, are we going to, no, I was going to get into the crafts off, but. Um, but yeah, I, we can go wherever, man. Yeah, I guess we do. Um, but I figured we should go to, like, I, whenever I'm, like, talking about all these trades, I usually go by, like, players that of quality like the the bigger names yeah first. you go for the bigger names yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so 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 um so that leads me to nino nitterider is going to, to winnipeg and nashville mm-hmm. gets a 2024 second round pick back um i believe nino is um is he a free agent next? Oh no, he has two more years left. He, okay. He's got uh, he's under contract for next year, and then he's a free agent. Four yeah. million dollar cap hit for both this year and next. Yeah, for some reason, I I mean, I remember when we when we mentioned that uh, Nino was going to Nashville, we had thought that this would be an underrated move, and he would yep. be he would be decent for them. He started off great in uh, yeah. in our season opener through the first two games against San Jose, yeah. and tore it up. I mean, he does have 28 points in 56 games. That's exactly 50 point, like a point five points per game. Um, so that's not bad for like a depth player. Uh, but but yeah, it, but he's like worth four million for two more years. So it's like okay, I can see that. Also, Nashville had mentioned that they're going to be sellers at the deadline. Um, it is a little strange that the fact that Winnipeg and Nashville are in the same division. But of course, I, I guess this is kind of like entailing that Nashville is going to be sellers for the next couple of years, um, and so they're kind of like helping Nino out by like trying to give him the best chance of getting a cup. So even if they're in the same division, um, so yeah, that that was a nice, nice, uh, nice trade there, and we'll see how that goes. That wasn't even that wasn't a trade that was really talked about a whole lot, which is interesting. Um, do you have anything more on this? No. The thing about Nino Niederreiter is that he's always been an underrated player, even though he was a top five pick in his draft year. Um, I think low-key, decent, and consistent secondary depth is what the Jets are looking for. And and I think, to an extent, Nino Niederreiter uh, certainly provides that, especially when you look at the latest lineups and Nikolai Ehlers is on the fourth line. Right. <laughs> uh, whatever, whatever kind of sh- minor shakeup you can do uh, to get the team going, I guess is worth the gamble. He has four points in his last three games played. So a bit of a hot streak for Nina Ryder. Um, and he's, and he's a guy that can low key put up a decent number of shots, like I don't know, 140 to 150 shots. That's a pretty good average. Uh, you get yeah. some, uh, Decent secondary depth on the power play as well. Four or five power play goals per year is his average. He can average like two minutes uh, per game on the power play. And like I said, he's not really being utilized as a top six forward. Uh, his average ice time this year is 16.03. In previous years, 
has been around 14 to 15 minutes a game. Uh, so I think when utilized in the right position, uh, he can really go off. And we saw in Carolina what he could do um, on a Hurricanes team that just plays the right way. And maybe under uh, Rick Bonus's system, uh, he could just be one of those surprise trade deadline acquisitions that turns out to be the cream of the crop. So um, the one thing I will say about Nino Niederreiter is he hasn't really gone off in the playoffs. So... If you're expecting him to be a gigantic playoff performer, I'm not really sure Nino Niederreiter is the guy that fits yeah. that bill. But, um, you know, it's, if he scores where it matters, I guess the Jets can't complain. But yeah. um, I think I think this is probably one of the better uh, secondary scoring options out there, and you also get him uh, for, for next year. Yeah. Um, it's definitely not as big of a gamble as someone like a James Van Riemsdyk, for example. Yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah, no, for sure, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I mean, Winnipeg is struggling right now. They just got shut out by the Islanders, so, um, so yeah, maybe it's like they can, they just needed to do something and, and get someone, but, yeah, we'll see. Um, and then, um, in terms of uh, the next guy we have here, okay, Ivan Barbashev. Um, is going to Vegas. Um, this happened today, actually, which was which is just interesting. Um, and Zach Dean, um, who's a Vegas prospect, he's going the other way. Um, it was interesting because uh, when Tarasenko and Ryan O'Reilly were traded, uh, Barbashev was actually on the first line. Um, and uh, that was just... Um, an interesting aspect of like, oh, okay, like we can see what Barbashev's going to do. There was reports that the Bruins were interested in Barbashev, but I guess after the uh, Garnet Hathaway trade, uh, they don't necessarily need him. Although I would have preferred Barbashev over Hathaway, but what what can you do? Um, so I don't I don't hate this trade. Um, we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, so Barbashev has 29 points in 59 games um, with 60 minutes of ice time um, as well. So I, I think he could he could uh, definitely do well as a decent depth forward for, uh, for Vegas, and we'll see. But it'll be very, very Vegas for the fact that, like, Zach Teen, like, goes off in, like, two years because uh, Vegas has a habit of doing this. Uh, they... Uh, they traded Nick Suzuki as uh, one guy. Cody Glass is, has been uh, having a decent year this year in uh, Nashville. I think there's a few other prospects that um, Vegas has given away where they probably, um, if they gave it time, it, it wouldn't have been so bad. But um, I'm looking here. Uh, Zach Dean has 51 points in 39 games for the Gatineau Olympiques um, in the QMJHL. So it's not bad. Um, but yeah, it would be it would be very funny if Zach teams all of a sudden like a really good player for St. Louis. Um, yeah, what, once again, I like uh, the kind of returns yep. that Doug Armstrong is getting for the yep. guys that he's trading away. I mean, yep. you're you're getting some good quality future talent that you yep. could use, and I think could fit in uh, to the Blues offense uh, potentially a top six option yep. at worst, a third line option. And speaking of top six option, I think uh, Barbashev is going to get that in Vegas with all the entries they have mm. to deal with. Here's how their left wing slots currently slot up. At last check, Paul Cotter um, 
mostly an AHL player, uh, but a couple, couple of cups of coffee in the NHL here and there. Uh, he is currently the first line left winger with Jack Eichel and Jonathan Marchessault. Yep. Uh, Riley Smith is the second line guy. Will Carrier is the third line guy, and Brett Howden on the fourth line. So automatically, Barbashev is a first or a second line player. You know, he's playing on the same line as either Eichel or Marchessault or Carlson and Amadio. Uh, you also have Kessel as a third line right winger. So. There's a lot of depth concerns that uh, Vegas has to address, and not to say that Barbashev is the only asset they're they're going to pick up. I think potentially they have one more move in them uh, before the trade deadline ends. But I mean, you look at Barbashev's numbers this year compared to last year, and maybe last year was a bit of a one-off. But I still think there's a bit of offensive pop left in that game where if you put him in a top six role, he could really go off. So. I think it's a low-risk, high-reward situation for Barbashev and the Golden Knights, and it wouldn't shock me if he stuck around beyond this year if uh, if he's able to impress them enough. So I'm interested to see from both sides how it plays out. A really compelling one-for-one trade, if I do say so. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Um, we'll see. Um, yeah, speaking of the Blues, they also made another deal. Casper uh, Kapanen was put on waivers. And uh, the St. Louis Blues have uh, have acquired him uh, through waivers. Yeah, um, yeah. He's and actually they could do that because of the cap space that they yeah, have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting that Pittsburgh actually put him on waivers. It's not like necessarily that like Kapanen was having a great season. He had twenty points in forty three games last year, but or this this year, but like it does seem a little bit underwhelming. Uh, given, I guess he, his cap hit is somewhat oh, 3.2 million, so it's like it's interesting why Pittsburgh did this, but um, but yeah, I, I, I like this move for the Blues because it's like you know, you, maybe Kapanen just needs a change of scenery, um, and um, and yeah, we can we can see what like he can do, and maybe eventually you can like if it's not working, uh, you can just trade him for for picks or assets. Um, and and see what you do, but like yeah, he's only twenty six, so it's like there is a potential that like um, if he works out, that uh, they just keep him um, and and kind of like you know take him on. But um, yeah, the Blues are kind of in the the rebuilding stage now, and um, yeah, we'll see we'll see what goes on. But I think it was like largely because uh, Tarasenko's gone and. Um, and then they traded Barbashev, so it's like, oh, they get they get Casper Kapanen who can who can maybe help them out and be like a, a like a middle six guy for them. Um, of course, you have like Buchnevich, who's a right winger. You have Kairu, who's a right winger. But you know you can't um, you can't have that a ton of like wingers are hard to find. So um, so yeah, maybe uh, Kapanen can can uh, figure something out. And, and be the one thing that I noticed with Kapanen is that in each of the past four seasons, uh, yep. or actually uh, now each of the past five seasons, his ice time's gone down. Since his yep. rookie season in Toronto, it started at 16.37, then went down to 15.47, then went down slightly to 15.32, then 14.32 last season, and 12.02 this season is his average ice time. Um, and... Granted, he did have 30 points in 40 games back in 2020-21 with the Penguins. That would be uh, his first season with the team. 
But since then, he's, he's struggled to kind of uh, consistently gain that momentum. And part of the reason why Ivan Barbashev is, is a valuable trade piece is that uh, whenever he typically gets shots on goal, he makes the most out of them. Kasperi Kapanen's shooting percentage, the best one he's put up in the season, is uh, in 2020-21 with the Penguins. His first season there, he had a 16.2% success rate. Uh, but in terms of Ivan Barbashev, there are three seasons where he's had uh, over 23% success rate. Uh, in uh, 30 games as a rookie, uh, he scored five times on 20 shots. So that's 25% success rate. Not bad. And then in his third season, it was 23.3%, 14 goals on 60 shots. And last year, he had 26 goals on just 111 attempts. And yep. even this year... Uh, his shooting percentage is slightly better than Kapanen's. Kapanen is 10.1. Uh, Barbashev is exactly 11. So um, if you look at uh, Barbashev's numbers, they're kind of, even even though the numbers don't necessarily reflect it in terms of goals, assists, and points, I still think Barbashev's trajectory is going up. But Kapanen, I, I, I feel there's more of a work in progress there. You need to kind of get his game back in a groove and it's going to be tough for the blues to do when you consider, um, you know, um, Craig Berube's language in the post game pressers lately, he sounds pretty fed up with the roster that he has. And not just that, so like, I I don't have the quote on me, but he basically calls out all the best players. Um, yeah, the the clip sounds worse when you listen to it. Exactly. He he basically, I'm paraphrasing. He doesn't know what to do. I'm paraphrasing here, but he says basically that all my best players are not playing as good as I thought they would be, or something like that. He, yeah. They need to play better. It's like they they don't care. And then, yeah. uh, like a few out, like the next day, Robert Thomas uh, was called. Like he, he was asked about this, and and then he says like, um, I don't know what Barube is talking about. I've been giving my full effort <laughs> in these games. So it's just, like, it's getting messy um, in St. Louis, um, to say yeah. the least. So. Uh, it should also be noted that uh, they've been heavily outshot uh, the past couple yep. of games, uh, one of which was against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yep. And uh, Jordan Bennington, who I've, uh, you know, called out on a couple yep. of occasions for not really playing his best hockey, uh, not really to fault for either of them. He faced nope. 41 shots against Vancouver. He stopped 38 of them. They had a 2 nothing lead. It evaporated, and they lost in overtime. And then uh, he stops 45 of 48 in another overtime loss, this one to the Penguins. So yep. um, even on the shot clock, the past couple of games, they haven't looked good. Yeah, yeah. Um, looks like Timo Meyer still hasn't been. Like, we don't know the full trade return just yet. <laughs> it's still refreshing. It's uh, yeah. crazy. So, uh, yeah. while, while, I, while we are on the subject of Timo Meyer, well, uh, Frank Sturvalli tweeted that sounds like Scott Harrington yeah. is going to the devil along with Meyer. Again, not officially official. And I saw a tweet from Chris Johnson that said that the Sharks are retaining 50% of Meyer's salary for this season yeah, uh, in this that. trade. I mentioned that. Yeah, And also to confirm, Dawson Mercer is not a part of this trade by the sound of it that, could that that's what i mentioned those last two things yeah. you said are, were things i've already mentioned but um okay. the um yeah I was, and i was about to to just say uh team scott harrington is involved in this trade um i also see here this is from rob rossi 
um, who's from The Athletic, uh, he's saying that Ron Hextel has re-engaged over the weekend with Arizona on Jacob Chikrin, um, but ha- was described as nothing being close. So, yeah, the Pittsburgh yeah, was... Uh, to add to, the to, add to that, it question. sounded like that Mike Sullivan really wants Chikrin. Yep. The coach of the Penguins. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, Washington and Pittsburgh were my dark horse picks for, for Chikrin. Uh, but, yeah, uh, good call listen. on both. Good yeah, call yeah. on both of them. It could actually happen. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, so nothing has been said just yet, uh, for it. Um, An- another tweet, sorry to interject, oh, no. uh, on the Timo Meyer stuff, uh, Murphy's Law 74 tweets, as reported by others, numerous NHL sources telling me that Simon Nemich and Dawson Mercer are not part of the return. Okay. So that's huge for the Devils, keeping Nemich on top of that, like, wow. I, I'm not, a, I don't know if... Murphy is a reliable source, but I did see that Mercer is not um, going to be involved by the trade. Like he wasn't the first person, but I'm not sure if yeah. he's uh, the the person that we um, yeah. should trust fully. Um, and also, this is a new thing here. Uh, Rangers Keandre Miller has been assessed a match penalty for spitting. Wow. Okay. That's. That's crazy. Mm. Well, we're on, on news stories about um, uh, in the NHL. Um, okay, uh, now we speaking of the Rangers, uh, they made a trade. Uh, like reportedly, there was like some like speculation that Kravtsov was going to be involved in the Patrick Kane trade, but it turns out that I guess that's not happening. Uh, Kravtsov has been. A, like healthy scratch for the last couple of weeks. Um, he's also like he had requested a trade last year. It just seemed like it was what's what was best for the team because he just doesn't want to be there. So he was healthy scratch. He didn't get along with a Gerard Gallant. So so yeah, he's he's getting traded. Uh, what's interesting though is that well, there's first there was reports that there was um, speculation that. Uh, Krasov was going to go back to the KHL. Uh, he's a free agent this this coming off season, um, but he, um, but yeah, who knows if that's actually going to happen? But in like last year, he actually had 13 points in 19 games in the KHL, um, so that's not too bad. Um, but uh, but yeah, clearly he's just some like he just needs a change of scenery. Uh, he's going. The good news is that he's going to Vancouver. Um, and, um, if, if he's like, you know, they have a lot of Russians there. Um, I also have a lot of Dan Milstein clients of yeah. which Krasov is one. Yep. No, good point too. Um, and, uh, like, yeah, I know that like he, like they, the, the Rangers did try to put him on a line with Panarin, um, and, and all that stuff. But, um, you know, he's going to be. He's probably likely going to be on the same line as Elias Peterson or JT Miller. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's not bad. The official trade, I realize I haven't announced this just yet on, on the program, but the official trade is Kravtsov goes to Vancouver. The Rangers get William Lockwood and a 2026 seventh-round pick. I didn't realize that you could trade picks in 2026, uh, considering that's like three years from now. 
Um, and it's a seventh round pick <laughs> of all things. So it's just. I mean, the Panthers are going to get better. They're yeah. going to have to. Yeah, you know. <laughs> they so won't go into 2028 to get themselves out of it. I just didn't realize that you could, like, do that. But um, William Lock, Lockwood, um, he. Um, he was a, he was actually decent for a Michigan um, University of Michigan in 2019-2020, but uh, just never found a place in Vancouver. Um, he has 18 points in 26 games for Ab- the Abbotsford Canucks um, this past year. So like maybe he's just another one who just needs um, like a change of scenery. Um, I'm I'm really curious just to see how Kravtsov can fit um, with Vancouver. Um, I'm not like willing to like give up on him, um, but yeah, it's just interesting because like I know, like Lafreniere and Kako and and Hedl have kind of figured it out. Of course, you have um, K. Andre Miller and Shosturkin, uh, but it really did feel like the Rangers haven't like developed their players that well. Um, but um, but yeah, so it's just like. I, I don't know, I mean, I guess the Canucks, you could say the same thing about the Canucks, but, um, but yeah, at the same time, it's just like, you know, Kravtsov just needs a place that, on a, on a team that's not competing for the Cup at the, at this moment, as strange as that is to say, it's just like, oh, okay, um, and he's gonna be with a fellow Russian in Kuzmenko, um, there's also, uh, there's, they have a few other... Mikheyev, Pod Colson. You Pod could probably make a forward yeah. line out of that group. Yeah, Pod Yeah, Mikheyev's a good example, too. Um, but Mikheyev's going to be out for the year, so I... I and, yeah, so, I mean, moving and, forward, but yeah. And he's an RFA, and Krasnos an RFA, so there is a chance that he might not mm-hmm. be there. But, yeah, I, I mean, if like if he does go to the KHL... Um, then, then that's kind of on him because, like, okay, he's going to have a lot of, like, Russians on his team now. Um, and, yeah, maybe he can uh, he can create a spark with JT Miller or Elias Peterson. Um, Anthony Villiers has, by the way, have been pretty good um, for Vancouver uh, since he got traded there. So, um, so it is interesting just to, just to see if uh, Kras- what Krasov can do. I don't know if the, he's going to replace uh, Peterson, but I do wonder um, if Brock Besser is on the move now. Um, I could see that happening, maybe. Um, maybe yeah, just, yeah, potentially. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that's... I, I If I had to pick between like the guys on the fence, like obviously yep. there's Besser, there's Connor Garland, and... Yep. Um, yeah. If if you want to really go full Canucks, one. I guess JT Miller, even though you yeah. just gave him a new contract that he hasn't started yet, yeah. um, I think Besser is more likely to go before the other two, Yeah, uh, if, I, if I had to hazard a guess. Uh, to where, I don't know. I think maybe just for you know personal reasons, he'd prefer Minnesota, but um interested to see what, uh, what happens on that front. I, it wouldn't shock me if he is moved by the deadline or could be an off-season thing. Like I said, he's got two years left after this year, so there's no rush to really rush him. But, yeah, it's a, it, for whatever reason, Besser has been in a rut, and I think yeah. change of scenery is um, probably best for both sides. Beauvillier has eight points in ten games for Vancouver. So Also that, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's looked pretty good, too. So, yeah. I mean, you, you give the guys who are producing – 
more chances to thrive. And yeah. a chance to thrive is what Krasov's been looking for. And I, 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 it would be an interesting what if conversation is like, what if the Rangers just stuck with the young, just stuck with yeah. the young guns, didn't get Panarin? How far along would they be now, and how would the young guys be faring? Yeah, well, the question we'll obviously never know, but uh, yeah, I've always pondered uh, that's, nagging that, at my brain. That's a good point. Um, what's interesting though is like Lafreniere and Kako and Heedle are getting going now, and they're on the third line. So mm-hmm. it's like it just makes you wonder, like, oh, what would happen if they had more minutes <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a good thing for the. It's a good problem to have if you're the Rangers, but it's just it is absurd when you think about it. It's just like you you drafted these guys, high, they're highly touted prospects, but you have them on the third line because your your top six is pretty good too. So it's just like um, I don't know. It's it's kind of crazy when you think about it. Uh, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. So so we'll see. Um, and then, uh, the last thing that will, the last trade that we'll mention, uh, is Denny Garyanov is going to Montreal and Evgeny Dadanov is going to Dallas. Um, this was just like, I don't know, it, it could, it could end up working. I feel like, um, Dal- oh, Dallas had Radulov, um, as well, um, who is another... Russian player, so so maybe it's like a similar type of situation. He was uh, Radulov was also on Montreal as well, so so that's kind of interesting. Uh, Gary Anoff, I guess it's not surprising that he's been out on the way out, considering like Ty Delandria has been pretty good for Dallas um, as a depth guy, and now um, Gary Anoff just hasn't found a a route there, um, but. Yeah. But yeah, both. I mean, this could be a decent pickup for for Dadanoff, but um, for for both teams. But is what I mean to say. But um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else to say? Uh, I mean, also it should be noted that uh, the Canadians retained half oh. of Guriano's salary just to make the cap work, which right. <laughs> I think you have to. I mean, I think it's a boomer bust for Dad uh, for Dodonov. I mean, you look at what he did in Vegas after the Anaheim trade was nullified. Uh, he he looked good. and after the trade deadline onwards, he looked good in a top six role. So maybe if you get the right line mates, um, it, it's it's going to work out well for him. There was also chatter that you know, you're look the Dallas Stars are looking for someone to pair on Tyler Sagan's line. Whether or not Dadnov is that guy uh, remains to be mm-hmm. seen. I know they were circling at Tyler Bertuzzi as you know a potential guy um, that would fit that description. But now that the Red Wings have taken Tyler Bertuzzi off the market, it looks like uh, Dadonov is going to be that guy. Uh, in terms of Gurianov, I think the Habs could turn him into something. Maybe they keep him on a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. Maybe he has a big year and you sell him for futures later on. I think he still has some value. But, yeah, since that uh, bubble playoffs in 2020, just hasn't really been the same efficient goal scorer that he was. Yep. He, he scored a lot of big, timely yeah, goals for the Stars during that run. Yep. We haven't seen that version of Gurianov since then. So. Yep. Same for Dadanov too, if you're being honest. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I know he no, wasn't a part uh, of the bubble since team, he left but... Florida. His offense yeah. hasn't been the same. And yeah, it could have been uh, with one of the particular line mates he was playing alongside. Yeah, yeah. So, 
famously the last year he was going to go to Anaheim, but then he uh, nixed it uh, before um, it wasn't there. So at least, <laughs> at least, like this time he's actually involved in a trade deadline deal. But uh, so I guess he he got approval that he's going to Dallas. Um, and then on the Timo Meyer front, uh, still no reports yet, but. Uh, Shang Peng, who's the Sharks beat reporter for The Athletic, um, he, um, oh no, not The Athletic, but he, he is a Sharks beat writer. Uh, he says, uh, so there's two things. It's very weird is what one source just told me about how long it's taking for Myers' trade deals to come out. Just echoing what we're all thinking, not saying either way that there's something afoot. And then... This is another example yeah. of us being on the same wavelength. I literally... Came yeah. across this tweet just yeah. as you're reading it out. And then uh, Shang said to follow up on this, another source is suggesting there might be a three-team trade happening with Meyer, and the NHL is making sure there's cap compliance for all teams involved, which makes sense. We'll see. So we still My don't guess know. is Coyotes. I'm calling it now. Coyotes wouldn't, are involved. Wouldn't it be hilarious if it's Minnesota? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're... They're probably going to have to retain some salary if they trade Dumba, so I don't really know if Minnesota can do that. That's the thing. So, I mean, if, if you look at Arizona, they're, they're a team, or A, it could be Nashville for all we know. Yep. Um, but I, I think, I think a, a team like Arizona, if you're looking for future assets, this is a great way to help facilitate a trade and do business. It would would just be it'd be it's so it would be so funny though it would be just like hey the New Jersey Devils are acquiring Timo Meyer oh hey a guy we traded uh, Taylor Hall to a couple of years ago that yeah. team is now helping eat salary so we can make this deal work yeah, how yeah. about that huh yeah yeah how it all comes full circle yeah yeah uh, so uh, I mean by the way the reason why we're on the same wavelength is we're both we were both on the lookout this entire time. <laughs> Trying to yeah, I've been refreshing my page like yeah, crazy. Yeah, exactly. So. On the most recent tweets that yeah, came out. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, and and I think you were right that uh, so it is official by the Predators that Barry Trotz is going to take over um, as yeah. general manager on July 1st, 2023. Um, Insane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I found this. I found this. <laughs> so this is. Uh, if you're a baseball fan, you will get this reference. Uh, this is uh, obviously like not a like this isn't like an insider tweeting yep. this, but someone tweets Timo Meyer trade is off. Apparently, Carlos Correa failed his physical again. <laughs> that's funny. If you're a baseball fan, you will get that reference. Yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah. Obviously, satire. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but it is interesting. Like I thought we were going to get like a trade return. It would be kind of fun if like we we like give our live reaction before we stop recording. Guaranteed. That's yeah. how we find out. Well, like, I mean, oh, oh, you mean like a we second stop recording and then it happens? Yeah, that, that that's what you mean. Like a second, like yeah, <laughs> right after literally a matter of seconds before we're about to end things. Like wait, what? <laughs> Um, on that note, let, let, you know, in that case, I feel like the world is then waiting for us to end this podcast. Um, <laughs> so, uh, or the hockey world at, at the very least, um, are, yeah. um, you can follow us on Twitter at lace up podcast. Our Facebook is lace them up. Uh, so you can 
keep note of when our most recent episodes are. You can also follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Pocket Cast, wherever else you get your podcast. Um, that's about it. I'm Brett Duboff. I look forward to I'm next Steve week. Ellsworth, and we will recap all of the trade deadline yep. madness because all of this will be over on Friday, and we'll be back on Sunday to break it all down for you in episode 355 of the Late Smell Podcast.